Let's light the tower. Your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Second hour of Light the Tower on the Horn. Craig Wade, Jeff Howe with you. Had a lot of baseball talk in the first hour of the program. Not only the Texas win over Texas State, but also uh, the effect of the ratings percentage index, the RPI. Because it's a much bigger factor in college baseball than it is in basketball. Basketball uses net rankings now as the uh, primary evaluative tool for the tournament selection committee. But RPI, given more data to work with over a 56-game regular season schedule, therefore it becomes, as I mentioned last hour, a bit more revelatory. You can you can see some other things about it. So uh, our, our, our friend Clint Shields, who calls uh, the Texas State radio broadcast, I was mentioning uh, there was the compliment uh, uh, on the telecast last night. Uh, for Brant Freeman and, and Ty Harrington, and uh, Clint does a fine job on the radio. He he said it, it was a good take on the RPI uh, on that because even though Texas State is at 92 in the RPI, there's still time for the Bobcats to get their house in order in terms of at-large sort of thing. They're 20 and 13 right now, but uh, they still have uh, other games. Like tonight would be big for the Bobcats if they wound yeah. up getting a win. That mm-hmm. That would be big. They also have... A weekend series at Troy, one of the contenders in the Sun Belt, and a weekend series at Old Dominion, uh, one of the top teams in the Sun Belt. So those would help RPI. They also have a weekend series at Louisiana. So they have three huge conference series all on the road, and they have a road non-conference game at TCU in addition to the one in Texas. So there's still time uh, for the Bobcats if they're able to uh, uh, turn things around for that. And it was a really, really exciting game. You and I haven't really talked about it. You were there. You were covering it. You were over in the writer's area, and I was doing my radio thing afterwards on that. But uh, did you, get to, you take some pride in your alma mater when you see that full of house, everybody packed in like that? Yeah, the Tyler Sibley yeah. news came out yesterday, yeah. his, yeah. his donation. So uh, it's it's good. I, I love my alma mater. Um, I haven't liked some of the the folks in charge in various parts of that institution making in some, of, some of the decisions they made. Yeah. But, you know, you've got an AD who's Present, Don mm-hmm. Coriel's present, and he's you know proactive, moving about, and yeah, and, and a president who apparently very supportive. Of, a president who shows up at athletic events and is 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 pro athletics like, and, and wants that place to be to succeed and be visible. Yeah. So it's a very very nice change of pace. Yeah, um, I, I mentioned this. It was kind of a weird, odd wrinkle, and I didn't know how long it took the, the uh, you guys to see it in the press box. The whole deal at the very start, going in the bottom of the first with the video board on on the softball <laughs> yeah. field. Yeah, they had to shut that down. Yeah, after that, and and it made sense. I mean, you know, that center field camera. It was you know that that angle, which would be visible from the Texas State dugout, but not from the Texas dugout, mm-hmm. would yeah, that could serve a little bit of an advantage there. So they they did that, but but uh, again, uh, a vibrant electric environment for the ball game uh, last night. And, and I think it's good for both teams. It was, it, Texas State measuring itself against a good team like Texas. Texas to go to have a road win in that kind of house helps 
uh, th- because remember, uh, it, Waco can get pretty rowdy. They got to go there. Fort Worth, we know, will be rowdy when they play mm-hmm. at TCU. So they have they have to deal with that. And all of a sudden, here's feisty Kansas. You know, which was nobody's, nobody's going to be there for that, Craig. What in Lawrence? Yeah, depends on the weather. It's in May. I'm saying the the ballpark in Lawrence is about the same size as the ballpark in San Marcos. It's very similarly constructed Hoagland ballpark. So you know how that deal is, Jeff. When Texas comes to town, a lot more people kind of uh, turn out than might ordinarily do. So maybe I've but, seen it full. Eh. I have. I've also seen it not full. And it, and it's it, a lot of times it's directly proportional to how well their baseball team is playing. Well, right now, even though they're hovering right at the five hundred mark, I, I think what you said hit it on that. I think it's more weather weather permitting on what the that's attendance that's going to be a big part because they've been there when it has been pleasant, and I've been there when it has not been pleasant. Both in April and in May, I the the, the example that I always point to is two thousand five, the national championship season. Texas goes into Kansas. For a weekend series against uh, a team that was struggling, a Kansas team that was struggling, uh, and and uh, Adrian Alanis was unbeaten at the time, had come off a recent no hitter against Oklahoma, and it was thirty eight degrees, and Adrian did not like pitching with long sleeves, sleeves underneath. Mm-hmm. He didn't like that. He liked the short sleeves, but because it was so cold, he put the sleeves on. Then he felt all uncomfortable, and as he said, he. Got in his head and all that, and didn't pitch well and lost. Kansas won. Kansas ended up taking two out of three that weekend against Texas. So they've they've had some difficulty there. Now the last time they were there two years ago, they swept them, and it was the first time uh, in uh, all the years of the Big Twelve, or in twenty one years, I think it was the first time Texas had swept a three game series from Kansas in Lawrence. Yeah. So so it's it it's provided its challenges, but that's on down the road. That's almost a month off. Uh, they have to go to Waco this weekend after they have the game tonight against Texas State. The big thing I took away from last night was I I just felt like it was a lot of guys that probably needed a shot of confidence Mm -hmm. got it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I think Garrett Gilmet getting on base, and and we've talked about Garrett hit the ball really well in conference play. But I thought, you know, getting on base, even though... Even though he had the golden sombrero? I asked Keith Moreland about that last night. You know, he was... Uh, he had four strikeouts. I said, isn't that the golden summer? He goes, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Hat trick if you do it three times. He goes, believe me, I've been there. He said, yeah. the, he said the golden sombrero, he struck out four times. Uh, but, you know, Jared Thomas comes through with yep. the, with a bit with a big hit. Uh, you know, Porter Brown, may, offensively, Porter's been fine, but defensively, it, it's been an adventure at times. I think for him to make that play he did with the double play was, was big for him. Yep. Uh, Jalen Flores getting a pinch hit. Uh, Pinch hit double. Uh, nice hit from Jack O'Dowd. Jack O'Dowd had two hits last night. So I, I think guys in the and then, man, when Kobe Minchie, you know, Heston Toll's been good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought for Chris Stewart uh, to work out of the jams that he worked out of, and even Zane Morehouse, even though he came in and you know gave up the two runs that were charged to Stewart, I thought for him to bear down mm-hmm. in the eighth and then come back in the ninth and shut the door. That's big for him because he's still growing into that that closer role, and, and that's a, yep. I mean you talk to anybody that's been in that role, they'll tell you it, it is a different mindset you got to have whether you're a starter or whether you're that guy that's charged with getting those last three or so outs of a ball game. True enough. Uh, clean up from hour number one uh, on the Specs text line at three three seven three seven seven six. Somebody said, watch the, watch the police escort a Bobcat fan out for berating a Longhorn fan. Hmm. Uh, I thought that, you know, 
the fans, there was some razzing and some things like that, but I thought they were there pretty was, much, there, were, there was some of that. There was one incident we were tracking right below really? us. Yeah. I missed that one. Tell me. Somebody got their sunglasses snatched off of their face and oh. broken. But the two, the two parties made up, they made up at some point. So. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned about the, uh, trying to find the Cobra. Somebody said he's probably at Mountain Creek Lake near the golf course. I wonder if he's just like Down a there. very, uh, very docile cobra now. Like he yeah. just made him made himself a little home, built himself like a little hut out yeah. of sticks or something. Uh, somebody else said I'll I'll deal with salt water. I'll take my chances with the sharks. Uh, the the paku is also called a nutcracker because to go for it if you're out for a swim because they have teeth like humans, like like we said in the story. But also because they they crack on the nuts and berries too. That could be another reason why. I know why you're saying. Yeah, it. that's um, uh, yeah. So basically, uh, if you're swimming in those areas, wear a cup when you go swimming. Yeah, well, maybe. Uh, so Jeff, as someone asked, you're not staying at the Knights Inn like Bucky does. Nope. Uh, negative. Won't, 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 negative Ghost Rider. Not going to be on that. Mm-mm. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, somebody else about the guy with the jacket said, I, if I were just him, I'd go jacket off. <laughs> Jacket. Mark that. Yeah. Uh, uh, CB says, did, did you ever watch Cocaine Bear? I have not watched it It's yet, available no. on Peacock on Friday. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going I'm to check it out at some point. Yeah. I have to. Yeah. But, no, I have not had a chance yet. Okay. Been, uh, been a little busy. All right. And, and we've avoided this long enough. You mentioned Kobe Minchie. Yeah. Kobe Minchie. Transplanted home community of gerald texas usa Mm -hmm. he is and you said to me last night you felt compelled to say something complimentary about the uh, town at the far north end of williamson county on i-35 good for kobe minching and good for kobe's parents for having the wherewithal to homeschool him and not put him in a school district where the high school and according to u.s uh news and world report was ranked butt naked last of all of the high schools in williamson county in terms of the quality of the education you're gonna get you can't even give a compliment without it being just you just backhanded so the heck out of the, the young man was raised in a, a very uh a very mindful household i always feel compelled like. to remind you you conveniently ignore the rating that was there for your you know hometown hey hey school as hey well. We, I know we were better than Gerald. <laughs> better was, was it like fourth to the last, and then Gerald was last. Something so, like you that. know, Florence ISD is going to put up a billboard like right at the one ninety five turnoff on thirty five <laughs> on your way to Gerald. It's just going to be me holding up my diploma. I'll go dig it out of the storage unit, and it's going to say a Florence High School diploma. At least it's better than Gerald. Oh gosh. Okay. All right. Hey, Purple Buffalo's daddy says go Cougs. You can't. No, you, you don't get to. No, 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 no. You don't, you get, don't to get to <laughs> Gerald High School You do, and Gerald ISD. You don't get to claim Kobe Minchie. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> he was homeschooled. No, 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 no. You don't get to claim him. <laughs> oh, gosh. Nice try. <laughs> okay. All right. Just wandered right into that, you know. Uh, so you act, you act like I hadn't thought about that, and like I wasn't. You, you gave know. it a little bit of thought. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Jeff's given a lot of thought. Yeah, Have Co- you been able to wrap? Co- Kobe didn't go to prom at Gerald, or as they call it in Gerald, the family reunion. Stop it. All right. So did um, did you did you've been able to wrap your mind around the Sark availability here? You're proud of yourself Cam, for that Cam, one, aren't Cam, you? No, I, I, Cam got that one about a, oh, a half second late, and, and that was great. Uh, <sighs> don't, don't 
don't encourage him, okay? It's, 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 uh, okay. I tell you what, why don't we? Yeah, why don't we hit the break and then we'll uh, we'll hit yeah. Sark on the other side because I got some hoop stuff we got to talk about too. Yeah, uh, Potato Head, by the way, says they're still charging for cocaine bear. Uh, it's definitely uh, a wait till it's free. Flick. If you're a subscriber, you know, you're getting it anyway. Yeah, I, I will see. Look, because my wife wants nothing to do with Cocaine Bear. So I've got to pick a time where I can just chill and watch it by myself. May just have to have you over to the house, me, you, and Linda watch it or something. You know? I'm telling you, she's like, down with my it. wife is appalled. Like, I, <laughs> she was appalled that on our Paramount, <laughs> our Paramount Plus account, she's like, who who started watching Jackass Forever? I'm like, did did you even need to ask that question? <laughs> it's definitely not going to be. It's definitely not <laughs> what, not going to be was Charlotte. It, it wasn't your parents. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard I heard uh, Aaron talking this morning about you know there's some and I agree with him. There are some fabulous entertainment options now, like on the streaming services. Mm-hmm. Um, you know uh, the, the the final season of Ted Lasso is underway. Uh, I know a lot of people are into that. Uh, what was the, he mentioned the one with Brian Cranston, Your Honor, uh, that the two seasons of that. Secession, obviously, is one that's captivated a lot of folks. Uh, I think it's another week or so till the final season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel comes out. Uh, Lynn and I are looking forward to watching that. I mean, there's, there's, a, um, there's, a, there's a lot of that sort of thing going on right now with streaming television. Mm-hmm. So... Yes, uh, she's, you know, Tamara's right about, you know, there's all the good things. <laughs> Somebody's pulling up, <laughs> pulling up other we, we, things. We, we watched that new Avatar flick. That yeah. was a, that was an Amazon Prime okay. purchase. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So there a plethora is. of streaming options, but um, maybe my stock price might go up if a few of you subscribe to Paramount Plus. So. Hey, uh, you listening there? Okay. All right. Just keep that in mind when you're picking your streaming options. Coming up, we'll have a Flex 30 update. It's UIL State Soccer Tournament Week. And then uh, we'll have our second hour Longhorn Notebook when we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower. This is Life the Tower on the Horn. Craig and Jeff with you. Of course, our producer, Kim Parker, alongside. Um, yes, John in the Bay. Oh, I love the Specs text line. Yeah. Uh, John, we, we do know about uh, Rowan Brumbaugh transferring to Georgetown. Talked about it yesterday in Arterio Morris in the portal. You see that text on yes. uh, what five strike? If four is the golden sombrero, what five, what five strike? Yeah, yeah I conveniently ignored that one. <laughs> I'm going to bring that I up. I just saw that as we were gonna, coming back. We're not going to wander into that, that one there. That is tremendous. Uh, why don't we uh, cleanse ourselves a little bit and move forward with a Flex 30 update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Okay, uh, as we mentioned, this is uh, UIL State Soccer Tournament Week. For both boys and girls, soccer, 
uh, there at the Georgetown ISD Athletic Complex at Berkebox Stadium. And our own Cam Parker is involved with this. Aren't you? Oh, yeah. All right. I, I'm, All things flex, baby. Yeah, absolutely. So um, toward that end, we got the state tournament uh, going on this week. And the uh, greater Austin area, central Texas area, well represented in the three classifications. Uh, in 4A, in the girls' semifinals that take place tomorrow, starting at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, got Salina and Bernie. Then at 1.30, the 4A girls' semifinals, Stephenville and Lumberton. Uh, 4 o'clock boys' semifinals, Palestine and Lumberton. Wait, Lumberton. Oh, yeah, boys and girls both made it. And 6.30 semifinals, San Elizario against Hidalgo Early College. Are you doing any of those 4A games? Tomorrow. Nothing soccer with uh, high school baseball kind of ramping up. I'm fully in the baseball. Uh, okay. I didn't know there was such a soccer powerhouse in the Golden Triangle. How about that? Yeah. Lumberton. Lumberton yeah. is Golden Triangle, right? Yes. Yes. It's close enough. Uh, uh, then. Somebody from Southeast Texas about to text uh, not, correct. All right. Uh, 5A semifinals. Really like this, Cam. Uh, you got Smithson Valley against Grapevine in a 5A girl semi on Thursday morning, 930 at noon. Frisco, 22-2-2. Georgetown playing on its home field. Berkleback, yeah. How about that? Uh, at noon tomorrow in the uh, 5A girls semifinals. And got there, Craig. Playing Belton tied uh, in regulation. Went to overtime. No one scored. Went to penalty kicks. Georgetown won 7-6 to beat Belton in advance of the state title game or the state tournament Excuse yeah. me. Congrats to the the Eagles. We've seen a lot of lot of playoff games go the penalty yep. kicks. They're twenty five zero and four. Georgetown is. Uh, then the five A boys semifinals five o'clock. El Paso Bel Air, Bel Air Mission Cherryland Frisco Lone Star against the Connolly Cougars at seven thirty. How about that run? Cougars. They may have a chance to win it. I mean, they've outscored their opponents seventy one to twenty five this season. Craig, Oof. they're an absolute powerhouse. Their record does not tell you how good they are. Uh, Lone Star. On Thursday, let's go Cougs. I'll tell you who else is a powerhouse. Girls 6A semifinals Friday morning. Wiley East, yeah, 28-0, and and apparently just hadn't really been that close. They've been blowing teams out. Playing uh, Fort Bend Ridge Point, they're 23-0-5. Then you got Marcus High of Flower Mound in the Louisville School District at noon on Friday playing the Westwood Warriors. Yeah. How about that? A great Cinderella ride there for the Warriors to get there. Then uh, the 4A boys final will be at 2.30. Then at 5 o'clock, boys semifinals in 6A. Seven Lakes from Katie against Saxie. Uh, that's up by Garland. And then at 7.30, Allen against Drip. 14, 11, and 2. Dripping Springs making the final four. And you mentioned Cinderella. I don't know if it's Cinderella considering Drip lost in the state championship to Frisco Wakeland last year, 3-0. But remember, Craig, they came with a losing record yeah. into the postseason, finished fourth in their district. They upset Westwood in the first round to advance it this far. And there was, there was a great quote from, from I think, Josh Hill, their head coach, who said, well, you know, we've been here before, so we're, we're not as nervous as these other teams. And when you play like that, I mean, there's always, you know, teams like the Warriors last season, right? They didn't have a great regular season, but you know what? They played in high-pressure situations like the playoffs, like the postseason, and that does have an effect in Dripping Springs. They know what it's like to, to play in the state tournament, so congrats to Coach Hill and the Tigers. Uh, good luck this week. Absolutely. All right, so uh, there it is. There's your Flex 30 update. UIL State Soccer Week. Time now for our second hour, Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Worth waiting for. As 
to get ready because you were at the Sark availability this morning. Uh, let's let's do basketball first. We okay, get to, we yep. get the hoops yep. first. Yep. So, did you touch on this in hour one? Uh, I don't think I did. All right, so we. I mentioned this. We talked about it yesterday. I kind of hinted at this maybe being a possibility. Uh, Arterio Morris going into the portal. Right. This didn't catch the basketball staff. Rodney Terry was not like gobsmacked when he saw this drop on social media. Like they knew this was a possibility. Uh, They were, you know, there was an effort made to try to get him to hold off, but uh, he's entering the portal and going to explore his options. Um, You know, at the at the end of the day, it's one of those deals where it, it. it's t- it's tough because you can look at this one of two ways. One, it is a major loss because you know the kind of player Arterio Morris can be. You know what the upside is with him. Mm-hmm. But in terms of production and what he could have brought to the floor for this team in the 23-24 season, you can find that production. You can replace the production in the portal. Like You're recruiting enough quality guards that you should be able mm-hmm. to to get that done. Uh, we we mentioned uh, Max Amos from Oral Roberts is a guy that mm-hmm. I, I think Texas is going to go really really hard after. Uh, they already are. Uh, Reese Dixon Waters, Rodney Terry had the in home with him before the dead period, which I think that's another thing to remember with the portal right now. It's a dead period, mm-hmm. so no no visits to you. You can't go anywhere. That's through Thursday. So starting on Friday, uh, guys can come on campus and and. You know, coaches can be out on the road and, and all that fun stuff. Um, and then I think Quincy Olivari from Rice, I, I think this, not to say he was ever out of play, but I think this makes him a guy that you may see Texas get a little more aggressive with. Um, so right now the only guard, and, and I, at the end of the day, Craig, I, I think Tyrese Hunter's coming back to school. Like, I, I, I think he'll... He'll get the feedback. He'll go through the draft process. But when push comes to shove, when the dust settles, I think he'll be back at Texas. So if you, you have Tyrese Hunter and A.J. Johnson, then you add you you know two, three guards, whatever you feel you need at that point uh, to fill out the rest of your roster. And like I said, that are, are you going to be lucky enough to find a, a Marcus Carr or a Jabari Rice in the portal this year? Maybe not. I would, I would probably say probably not. But with the guys that are out there, the guys that you're in on, can can you put together a, a backcourt that can allow you to compete night in, night out in the Big 12? I, I think the pieces are there, for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially especially if Tyrese Hunter comes back and, and A.J. Johnson, I think, is as good as uh, it looks like he's going to be in, in whatever role he ends up playing as a true freshman. So you look at what for sure is coming back, and again, aside from the Tyrese Hunter situation, the next... I don't want to say domino to fall, but the next big decision you're looking at is what does Dylan Mitchell decide to do? Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if Dylan Mitchell winds up doing exactly what Tyrese Hunter has done. Puts his name in, in, in the pool for the NBA draft, goes through the draft process, but doesn't hire an agent, keeps his collegiate eligibility open, and then decides to return to Texas. Because, Craig, we talked about this. Dylan Mitchell... I, I I'm really interested. This D- Dylan Mitchell, like his track, and and I think this is where it puts it in better perspective because I think you look at Dylan Mitchell as a McDonald's All American as a five star guy, it pales that that he's got a higher profile than the guy I'm going to mention. But I, I think he's got a chance to take the same kind of trajectory that Kai Jones did. Mm-hmm. You think Kai didn't play a ton as a freshman and kind of got used in you know hey we can use him in this you know two to three minute spurt right here and, and get, take advantage of the athleticism. But that guy put in a ton of work. I know we, we both went to some practices and were around the facility. Practice would be done, 
and it's just Kai Jones in there by himself, whether he's got a ball racket, he's shooting threes, or he's working on free throws. Like, I don't think people realize how much work Kai Jones put in to improve the parts of his game from his freshman year to his sophomore year where he needed to improve. He just did a phenomenal job, I thought. So I think Dylan Mitchell can take that same kind of trajectory because when you talk about just athletes, Craig, he's going to be – especially next year where next year's draft is not going to be near as deep as this year's draft is. True. If you want to say he's the best athlete or one of the best two or three athletes in next year's draft, yeah, I, I don't think that's a stretch at all. So he, I think I could see him doing that, or I could just see him deciding to just come back to Texas and, and not deal with the draft process, knowing that the NBA is going to be there for him if he makes the necessary improvements. So that's kind of where things are. And then we mentioned, I mentioned yesterday, I mentioned Caden Shedrick, who's the mm-hmm. big that Texas and all we've seen. Again, Texas has been linked to a couple of different bigs, but Caden Shedrick, uh, from everything I've heard, the big out of Virginia, for those who don't know or don't follow college basketball, he's a guy that I think this staff views as someone that could really kind of tie everything together. And if you bring back Dylan to Sue, too, again, just kind of being adaptable, working to your personnel, it might be a different style of team you see next year. But you put those two in the middle of your basketball team. And I think that's going to allow Dylan to to be more the kind of player it would. If you get Caden Shedrick, it could allow him to be more the type of player he was in the NCAA tournament, in the Big 12 tournament, where he's almost serving more as like a stretch four and really utilizing that mid-range game. Whereas if you bring in Caden Shedrick, you know the two things he's going to give you above all else. He's going to be able to rebound the basketball, and he's going to give you rim protection. Mm-hmm. Let's go to football real yep. quick. Uh, and we can get in on the Sark stuff tomorrow because we'll have sure. audio of different cuts. I'll give you five quick things from the Sark availability. One, they're going to play the spring game like a game. They're going to draft teams, and Sark joked that, hey, I'm the GM, I'm the team owner, <laughs> so I'm picking the teams. Uh, so those are that. What is Sark looking for in a spring game? He said he wants a clean game. And what, he, what does he mean by clean game? What, any, ask any coach, Craig, what's the one bugaboo they'll talk about? Alignment, assignment, and pre-snap mistakes. Yeah, I was trying to say that that kind of things. Uh, penalties yeah, and missing. Don't want any of that stuff. And the sloppy turnovers. Like He yep. understands, look, you've got players on defense. You know, you might get, quarterbacks might get a tip ball, tip drill going on, something like that. You know, defender might make a great play. But mm-hmm. no, don't be loose with the football. Don't be careless with the football is what he's looking for. Uh, number three, two guys that he said for sure will not play on Saturday. DJ Campbell will not play. Jalen Catalan will not play. We'll see what we can find out on DJ Campbell. But Jalen Catalan, we knew he wasn't yeah, going right. to play. And later on, he mentioned Keelan Robinson as a guy that you – might probably won't see on Saturday. I think Connor Robertson probably falls into that same group. So that list will grow by Saturday. You'll see a, a not I don't want to say a decent number of guys, but you'll see a fair share of guys that don't participate or are very limited in the spring game. On guys that have got done the best job of getting after the quarterback this spring, surprise, surprise, Byron Murphy's name comes up again. And he mentioned Anthony Hill. Nice. So Anthony and Anthony Hill and Leunga LaFowl both had good springs, but Byron Murphy, man, the the bar just keeps incrementally going up for what you can expect from Byron Murphy. And then what would a Texas football update be if we didn't talk about the quarterback position? Of course. As much as everybody, you know, the national talking heads and pundits want to make this Quinn V. Arch, we know if you follow this team and you listen to this show and you're at Hornets 24-7, you know, the, the real battle to look for is going to be Malik Murphy versus Arch Manning for that number two spot. And that's going to go on through the summer. Sark mm-hmm. talked about that, too. It's going to be a really big summer for Quinn Ewers. It's going to be a really big summer for all three of these quarterbacks. He said, based on what they've seen from Malik Murphy, now that they've gotten a much better sample than they've gotten before mm-hmm. and the growth they've tracked from Arch through 13 practices, he said they right now have three quarterbacks that they feel really good about. And in the transfer portal era, the the one-time transfer era, the NIL era, it's really hard to get on your roster at any point. It's having three guys that you feel like, yeah, 
we we can put this guy in there and we can put together a plan that can help us go win. Absolutely. All right, uh, we'll do more uh, about football coming up over the next couple of days in the run-up to the spring game, which you'll be able to hear Saturday uh, 1 o'clock here on the Horn on 104.9. And again, uh, for those of you who say, what about baseball? They're playing 2 o'clock in Waco. That's going to be on AM 1260 and 101.9 FM. We'll be back to wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. We'll leave it with this today. Today is National Pet Day. So, oh, it is. Yeah, it is. So I didn't realize that when I took my 10-year-old dog to have surgery this morning. I posted a picture on Facebook. You can see where she's looking at me like, really? You're really doing this? Just disgusted at me. Fortunately, Linda just texted me. She's out of surgery and doing well. Had, had uh, some, like, some cysts removed. And she's getting up in years, so they, they had to pull a tooth, too. So, but she's she's doing well, so I'm glad on that. So, Well, I've got my three at home, Daisy, my dog, and uh, you know, uh, we've got... Uh, you got the cat. Yeah, we've got the cat, Mr. Smudge, and then we've got the rabbit now. Mr. What? Mr. Smudge. Smudge? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, and then we got the rabbit now. Parsley the there rabbit. There you go. So. Love your pets, folks. It's National Pet Day. Stay tuned. Chad and Zay are up next. For our man behind the glass, our producer, Cam Parker. And for my co-host, Jeff Howell, I'm Craig Wade. Thanks for joining us. We'll visit with you tomorrow right here on Light the Tower.